0: Welcome to Wise and Worthy, a branded podcast from Worthy, dedicated to celebrating people like you as you navigate separation, divorce, and life after divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon. Did you know that your unused bridal set, luxury watch, or other diamond jewelry could be a hidden financial asset that helps you with that fresh start? But where do you begin? That's where Worthy comes in. Worthy offers a seamless solution by partnering with you to help sell your jewelry and get the best deal for your piece. Our quick and easy process means less work for you and more money when you sell. Visit Worthy.com to learn more. Hey everyone, welcome back to Wise and Worthy. I'm Karen McMahon, your host, and today we're talking about the power of collaborative divorce, a look at its positive impact. And I'm with a dear friend and colleague of mine, Andrea Baca. Welcome, Andrea. Hi, Karen. Great to be here. I am thrilled to have this conversation with you. So, folks, Virtually everyone who works in the divorce industry will agree that the court system is broken and often does more harm than good for those facing divorce. And unless your situation is extreme and needing that heavy hand that the court offers, there are significantly better, more amicable approaches to dissolving your marriage, such as mediation and the collaborative process. Collaborative divorce is brilliant because you have the support of an attorney who's by your side while negotiating, the rules of transparency, collaboration, and neutral professionals to help with finances, kids, and emotions. But the proof is really in the long-term impact, and today's guest is going to share the value of the process and her client's experience during, just after, and the lasting impact of such a supportive, gentle amicable approach. But before we dive in a little about Andrea Vodka, she is the founder of Vodka Family Law Group, a law firm in Manhattan that focuses exclusively on non-adversarial divorce and family law matters such as divorce separation, prenuptial agreements, and postnuptial agreements. She's been named a super lawyer every year since 2014. And Andrea is the host of A Better Divorce podcast. She's author of Divorce Without Court, A More Peaceful Solution, and co-author of Onward and Upward, A Guide for Getting Through, New York Divorce and Family Law Issues. With no further ado, welcome Andrea. Hello again, hi. Yeah, so I love talking about collaborative law and you have such a wide range of experience. Um, And so let's just start by, sharing with the listeners what is the collaborative process
1: okay the collaborative process is a um it's primarily used for the divorce, for divorce and and it means that you'll each have it's a out of court completely out of court process you'll each have each party will have a collaboratively trained lawyer so in new york that means all the lawyers who are collaborative divorce lawyers are a, are mediation trained and collaboratively trained. Um, it's also a team approach. So there'll be a, mar- a mental health professional on the team who's collaboratively trained and a financial professional on the team. So there's, it's a team approach to divorce where the attorneys and everybody and all the and both clients agree that they will not litigate. We will never go to court with you. This, we agree we'll, all of us will only work together outside of court. We agree, and this is a six-page agreement that we're all signing together before we even have a meeting. And in that, we're also agreeing that we will um, have complete transparency and full disclosure. There'll be no threats. We're not negotiating under duress, and we'll always keep the best interests of the children front and center in our negotiations. Those are some of the basic tenets of the of the process.
0: Well, isn't that very comforting, just stepping into a process that's so scary with that kind of protection?
1: It is, especially because, like you mentioned, you have your attorney by your side, but we're encouraging the, the, the two spouses, the clients, to speak for themselves, speak their truth. We're negotiating. Another thing that sets it apart is we're negotiating from a place of what's important to each party and not their positions. So an example could be, um, a position could be, I want to keep the house mm-hmm. and I just want to keep it because I oh, we, I want to live there and I should have it and he did this to me and so I want the house. An, an interest-based negotiation around the house might be, why is it important to you? Why this house? We know you're angry, but why this house? What do, What will you get if you have this house? Does it provide financial security, emotional security? Can you afford it? Uh, is it close to your child's school and k- childcare options? You know, we want to get underneath while you're saying you want something, so that we can make sure we can find more options to help you get it while helping your spouse get what they need. So we're always talking about what's important to each of you, and we're not, you know, just drawing a line, drawing a line in the sand, and saying I want this, or I'm going to court, or I'll, you know, I'm gonna take my sandbox my uh, pal and go home from the sandbox you know like i'm we're we're in it we're in this and trying to negotiate um and trying to come to a solution and both attorneys and all the other professionals are committed to helping you find a resolution
0: you know when you say that what i hear is uh there's there's a beautiful opportunity to be seen and heard for what's important to you, as opposed to just a bunch of chess pieces on the table moving positions around.
1: Yeah. And, and that's one of my favorite parts of the job is to prepare my client for that conversation so they can be heard differently. Yeah. And the other attorney is prepared to hear my client, I'm prepared to hear their client differently so that our own clients can hear their former spouse or soon-to-be ex-spouse differently. So we're all involved in helping each other be heard, listen with a different type of ear, and and help create and craft solutions that will meet their needs and help them move on and be done.
0: So in litigation, often a client could not only be worried about their spouse, but their spouse's attorney, you know, and did he or she hire a shark? And, um, and so it never occurred to me, but as you were just speaking, that concept that um, everyone in the, well, maybe not everyone, but, but the room is safe that, and that the other professional is coming in with the same, um, the same perspective, the same heart or state of mind to to have everybody walk away with a win. Yes.
1: If there's if both parties don't feel like they've won, we don't have an agreement. Like there's no, maybe it's not a win as much as a, this is good enough and I can live with this and I feel safe. But it's a safe negotiation process because you know that other attorney is never going to use what you're saying against you. They're never going to use this in court and try to get a judge to, you know, convince a judge that you're a bad person or that you said something against your own interests at one point, we're really listening for where are the opportunities to help this couple create a new transition and transition from being married to unmarried in a way that feels as safe as possible for everybody, including their children. So I love that, that I can advocate for my client, but I'm not doing it in an adversarial way. That's making the other client shut down, walk away, not come to the table like i I have to be open with them as well while advocating for my client. That's my main goal my my main role is your your lawyer, but I also have to do it in a way that helps the other person feel safe enough.
0: It's almost like rather than a competitive um spirit, it has a collaborative spirit, so There's, yeah, that's the word right. yeah. yeah, so. You're also a mediator. Can you maybe do a compare contrast uh, mediation versus collaboration and maybe even when one might choose one over the other? Yeah, I'd love to do that.
1: So um, I'm going to just stop for a minute because I thought I had my email off and I I just heard it like pop up. So I'm sorry about that, Karen. Okay. Um, so when I would um, mediation is a wonderful process. For couples where they feel very close, in there's a power structure. Whether it's about how they communicate, their financial knowledge, um, their, their, their the way that they they uh, view the situation. If there's not a big power imbalance, mediation can be a wonderful process. But if one person, you know, is completely Unaware of the finances and feel very unsafe and very insecure about the financial situation. The other one knows everything about the finances. Mediation is going to be a hard, hard to pull there because you have to advocate for yourself in mediation. There's only one mediator, and the two in New York anyway. This is how we do it generally in New York. The attorneys are not in the room. The two, the couple, is there along with the mediator. And the mediator is helping them come to an agreement around all the different issues that are important to them. So they have to be able to advocate for themselves, talk about what's true for them, um, be able to ask questions, provide information, and 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 make decisions very much in the moment. If not very soon after being asked a question, maybe you consult with your lawyer after the meeting. We have to come back and say yes or no and move forward on your own with the mediator and your spouse great it works for many couples but if it's not the right process it and it fails because you you just were never feeling safe or balanced then it it can build a lot of bad will and really hurt the relationship and and ruin your ability to come to an agreement later so you have to make sure it's the right process If there's that power imbalance or some kind of imbalance that doesn't allow for mediation to be a productive process, collaborative is the next best step because you have, again, you have your advocate by your side, but there's no, you're, you're, you're being, you're being encouraged to advocate for yourself. But if you can't, we're there to do it for you. Right, right. Right. And it's that team approach. So the mental health professional helps with your, your, um, Helps you to make sure you're not getting triggered by your spouse and not triggering your spouse. It helps you communicate better. It helps you regulate your emotions. The the mental health professional we call the family specialist in New York. They are a wonderful part of the team. They can also help with the parenting plan. So you don't need the two lawyers to help you figure out your parenting schedule. It's usually not a legal issue. It's a logistical issue or you know, what's best for your particular child. So if you don't know that, the, the, the coach can help with that, the mental health professional. And then there's the financial neutral. who will make sure this, oh, this process is transparent. You have all the financial information you need. It's not just your spouse telling you what the situation is, but you have a third party telling you who you can trust. And then they make sure that this agreement will work short-term and long-term. And so it's, it's a much safer process. It's, it obviously costs more, but you get a lot for your
0: money. So, there's, it sounds, it just sounds so comforting. You know, you talk to people entering divorce and it's just so scary. You're going into this foreign land and you feel like you have to soldier up for the battle to come. And yet when you describe collaborative, it it has no battle feeling to it. It has a very gentle feel. So you started your career doing litigation, you do mediation just personally. What is it about collaborative that um, that jazzes you?
1: Well, you know, it is um, a gentler feeling and the way I'm describing it does sound that way. But what I like about collaborative is that it, it works really well for high conflict couples who don't want to be high conflict. They're not trying to be high conflict. They're not trying to make it worse. But that's who they are. And if you hire the right attorneys, we don't inflame those that conflict. We help to quell it mm. and move it in the right direction. And we're and I that's what I love about collaborative because it's for the more complicated cases. These aren't for the simple cases. You don't need all these people. But when you can't help yourself, This process is a wonderful process. And then I love it because I'm helping couples who otherwise could really end up in court and have a terrible outcome. I'm working with people who I trust, these colleagues of mine, my collaborative colleagues. I don't call them my adversary. I don't call that the the other client, the other side. We're colleagues and we have our roles, very specific roles, but we're here as a team helping this couple have a better future. Beautiful. And I, I love that. I mean, yeah. how can I not love
0: that? So let's talk about the impact this has. I would love for you to share some case studies. So can you just talk about being in the midst of the process? What's what's a ballpark? And, and I know that this is a hard question to answer, but, but what, what would you say is fairly standard time frame like I know high conflict court cases mine went on for three and a half years I have a client who's just wrapped up at year 10 God oh, help her and um and I know people in other parts of the country have can have really quick divorces you're a New York collaborative attorney what would you say if one had an expectation what is the typical time frame um
1: we 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 know in in our in our cases because we we look at this data and the average length of a collaborative divorce is about um, sixteen months, fifteen to sixteen months, um, and sometimes it's nine months and sometimes it's two years. But rarely does it go that long. Those are for the very high conflict couples or there were some. Reason that they had to take a break for a while, and they couldn't get negotiate. Maybe we were getting a lot of financial data gathered in that time, or there was something happening where we weren't actively negotiating. But generally, fifteen to sixteen months is okay. Working.
0: So in a year and a half, and it and it's a a very different year and a half than being in the court system, right? Ah, yeah. uh, so can you share a, a couple of examples of? in the process experiences that where clients are feeling that level of comfort? What what does that look like? Can I just
1: say one other thing, Karen, about that duration? Usually, it's less than an, a year that we're negotiating actively. But mm-hmm. these are very creative solutions tailored to your family. And the, the drafting of the agreement can take quite a while to get those details written out in a very clear way so everybody's on the same page and everyone understands it and that part of cre- of creating that document that legal document can take a little longer so you're not so you're just so I just wanted to explain that you're not like in the trenches for all these months a lot of time is like you do your job and then the attorneys are working on the agreement and getting that in order so I just wanted to make clear there so so when you're in it It's going to start off, I I describe it sometimes as whitewater rafting. Have you ever been whitewater rafting? I have. Okay. So generally, when I've done this, you get in at a very calm place, right? You enter the raft, you put the raft in the water in the very calm waters, and you have the guide in the back telling you what to do. Okay, we're going to do this here. And when we hit this here, and you're you're all prepared, and you're rowing, and then you might hit some light rapids. And he tells you, okay, you use paddle on the right and you do on the left. And then you're it's smooth again. And then there's some bigger rapids coming, right? And there's it looks like fun, but it's also scary. And and but you get through it. And with the guy, if you listen to the guide and you paddle as you're supposed to, the whole team, the whole boat will get you through those rapids and get onto the smoother waters. I collaborative divorce feels like that to me a lot because we enter into it at the first meeting, we're talking about the process, we're signing that participation agreement. We're getting clear on the immediate needs of this couple. Is there anything coming up that we have to focus on? What do you need right now? So it's all about them and agreeing and understanding the process. Then we were, we don't, the attorneys don't necessarily have to be involved immediately. So now we go, we help them make plans to meet with the mental health professional to start talking about the parenting issues of their children. We have them meet with the financial professional who start gathering all the information in a very neutral way. So they're meeting as soon as we start, we're really encouraging them to work with the neutral professional and not feel like we're we're not trying to make any solutions. Right. There's a roadmap. So we start the process, we gather all the information, the financial information, child-related information, emotional information. And, um, and, and then we take all that information and we start to, we understand what's important to each of them around these issues. And only then can we start negotiating options or looking at options or modeling a financial solution. We never jump in collaborative right to, this is my proposal. Like that is not a mediation. That's not collaborative. That's the negotiation. Very different process. So it's a very calmer and safer way to negotiate. We're also... All negotiations are in the same room. In right now, it's a lot of Zoom rooms, but we're in the, the clients are there, the attorneys are there, and some of the mental, some of the neutrals are there, um, to have these conversations. And every meeting starts with an agenda, and every meeting ends with a, a, a memo of what we discussed. We call them the minutes. What we discussed, who's going to do what by when, what the next steps are, and so there's very clear beginning and end to each meeting and we take that and we move on and we follow everyone knows what they have to do right so that i think it feels safe during the process and there's some order to it that's the goal
0: divorce is like a foreign land filled with unfamiliar rules and jargon and pressure to make complex decisions that will impact the rest of your life. Don't go it alone. Go to rapidreliefcall.com and get the support and guidance you need. So have you gotten feedback? Uh, I know that you've had clients who have, um, uh, done other processes and then come to collaboratives. Like what's the feedback that you get from your clients, even if they, they didn't do a different process beforehand, just about that, that journey, that safe, uh, interaction.
1: Sometimes I've had clients who, um, have started in mediation and they were had such a high conflict marriage and, you know, their process is feeling so, um, high conflict in the mediation process, it's not a good fit. And then you should have a a consulting attorney in mediation. So I've I've had those mediation cases become collaborative cases because each client hired a collaborative lawyer who could step in and say, okay, let's take this out of mediation and make it more collaborative. And they just, tell me this is working so much better because that we can make progress. We were going around in circles and we were just fighting and nothing was happening. And it was felt like things were getting worse instead of better because mediation wasn't the right process. So I've had that happen. Sometimes um, I haven't seen anyone really leave litigation, but I've had people consult with litigation attorneys and be almost ready to hire litigation. And then they find me or and my the other attorney um, and they agree this is going to be a better fit. It just feels like I, I don't want, I don't want to be with an attorney who's going to make me distrust my, my spouse. Like there's right. enough terrible emotions there. Like, can you help me find a way that I can trust that this can work? And so they want that experience. And that's what we're here for. So that that's been some of the feedback I get during the process when they've met with different, you know, when they've tried different processes in the past.
0: And what about the neutrals? What about um, the benefit and impact uh, during the process of having that financial neutral or the kind of uh, what do you call it? The family specialist, family specialist.
1: Yeah. So the financial neutral is just is a certified divorce financial analyst who's trained in collaborative or a CPA who's trained in collaborative. So We use the CPA generally when there's more complicated financial situations like made some major tax issues or a business needs to be valued or there's some like complicated financial instruments like carried interest or stock options. You know, it depends on the on the case. But sometimes we use a CPA, sometimes a certified divorce financial analyst, a CDFA. But they're neutral so that they're gathering all the information, they're looking at the tax returns, they're asking questions if things don't make sense, they're asking for more documents to help create the picture that they need so they understand the true landscape. And it's not, it's saving time and money because the attorneys don't have to do all that work. It's it's one neutral at a much lower hourly rate, gathering all this information and doing all that back work. So that saves money, time. You get the expertise you need. I can do a statement of net worth. I can help you with a budget. But am I doing it as well as a, a financial professional? Absolutely not. And I'm doing it at a much higher rate too. So it's not the right. best use of my time. Right. Although we all do it, it's right. not really the best. Same with... The mental health professional. Look, I can coach a client. I can try to talk them down. I can give them advice on how not to keep doing the same thing over and over and having those same unproductive conversations with their spouse. But am I trained? No, I'm not. So having the mental health professional be available to do that one-on-one coaching or the joint meeting with the couple to help them solve a problem, have them work out the parenting plan much lower hourly rate than two lawyers negotiating those issues. So that's the benefit. You get expertise at a lower hourly rate and and it's in a neutral
0: um, vein. Yeah. And do you have feedback that you've gotten from clients who who experienced that? Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I was
1: thinking about a couple that they have. They were very high conflict. It was a hard, hard collaborative divorce. I mean, it almost ended more than once. Like one spouse had major anger issues. It was hard. It was one of the hardest I've ever had. And then I heard from the family specialist um, that the couple was now vacated. A year later, had gone back to renting a house together and um where they always used to vacation together at the same beach community, and they were sharing time. They rented one house, and they were sharing week on week off with the kids in this new home. You yeah. know, in this, in this home. So, in a in a litigation, this couple had ended up in litigation with the kind of issues that they were having. Never, they never would step foot in the same house as each other, and the kids would just be like being exchanged at McDonald's, you know. Instead of mom and dad kind of like overlapping in the beach house every August, like they always did, you know? So I thought, you know, that always comes to mind like, what's possible? Because this couple, it was, I would never, I didn't even imagine that was possible. Um, also, what's wonderful about having that team is now you have a trusted professional that you can always go back to. So I've heard, I've had couples who have gone back to the family specialist when kids grow, they change, right? So when you're, you're divorcing with a young kids, When uh, two or three years down the road, when things are different and the the agreement you reached and the schedule isn't quite working anymore because of, for whatever reason, you you have that person that knows your family, has done this work with you, and you can always go back to them and touch base and try to work through things without ending up in court. Um, These agreements are durable, Karen. These collaborative agreements, if done right, and you follow the professional's advice and don't try to jump ahead too much, You're going to have an agreement that lasts and you're not going to have to modify it in court later. And if you do have to modify it because life changes, you can go back to the attorneys. You can go sit down with one of the neutrals and try to work it through.
0: And if you were in court, you're hiring your attorney and going back to court and just ramping up all of that hostility and pain. And so I've never heard anyone talk about the value of especially the family specialist that way. And yet... You know for all the years I've been doing this, a lot of people end up back in court because of something that changes. So that sounds in and of itself like a really beautiful um extra that you get, benefit that you get from it.
1: Yeah. It it, it really is. And you know, I think with couples like um with changing circumstances, because life changes. Sometimes people lose jobs or they have to move or something like that. Like things come up, life happens. So having knowing that you've gotten through this before with the help of this qualified collaborative team gives you reason to think you can do it again. And you have you didn't have a judge help you the first time with this global agreement. It gives you, I think, trust in, in the couple themselves that they can do this again. It teaches them better mm-hmm. negot- you know, uh, conflict resolution skills because yeah. you know that's what we're doing.
0: Well, that's actually the word that came to mind, like as I'm thinking about it, it's like, yeah, so let's say dad was the primary earner and all of a sudden he loses his job. Well, if you've been in a process where you began to trust each other because you made these very big decisions together, um, that 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 invites such a different energy when life happens and disappointments happen instead of like the initial blame and accusation that might immediately arise if you've been in the court system. Yep. Yeah. Yeah,
1: really does. Yeah. Uh, I've also had people, um, you know, just go above and beyond their agreements afterwards and really do things for their spouse that never was re- required or they were not obligated to do. Um, giving them more or buying them. You know, I, I know we agreed I could keep the TV in the media center. Well, I'm going to get buy you one, too. You know, like and they do that without the attorney's involvement like that. Those kinds of things never happen in traditional, generally don't happen in the traditional negotiations because of all the ill will that's generated. Rarely, Rarely.
0: very rarely, rarely. (laughs) So so let's talk about because I think that it'd be so interesting to hear the more long-term effect. So it's so obvious. The the initial being in it sounds gentler. It sounds more comprehensive, obviously collaborative. Uh, The initial post-divorce that you're talking about sounds terrific. Do you have opportunity to hear from people who are a bunch of years post divorce maybe like very deep in the next chapter of their life and the more long term ramifications of your process.
1: Yes. Um I you know I've I've talked to former clients that are now remarried and I, you know they had certain uh holiday schedules worked out in their agreement and now one or both spouses are married and how they invited their ex to join their new family for the holidays or to spend a certain kind of holiday together so it's like the blended family for the best interest of the children comes together more easily and um because of the lack of ad ad, um the lack of animosity during Mm -hmm. During the divorce, it really can last for years. Um, the chill, I mean, it, it the good effect of that, can, you know, has a long term effect on the family. So those are the types of things I've heard most about. Like, oh, uh, at the wedding, um, you know, we were just so much. It was so comfortable. We both were able to dance at the wedding, and I never thought that was going to be possible. When we had grandchildren, we're we're great co-parent, grandparents now. Um, because of how we divorced, I say how you divorce matters, because it really does. My parents didn't talk for 10 years after their divorce, um, yeah. because they didn't divorce well. And I don't want that for my clients. I want their children and adult children, if as when they're adults to not feel that, that hate, that resentment, that badness, you know, um, if the parents can more easily Move on with their lives. The whole family can more easily move on with their lives.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the complexity that comes when you have animosity, and then you know, the kids know it. It's like I have a big event: my graduation, my wedding, my my birth of my child is like. Do I invite mom? Do I invite dad? Or the holidays? I mean, there, when there's a, a a highly a high conflict situation through the divorce it impacts the generations to follow. It it can't help but impact them. And so this is, this is so encouraging. Um, you explained that if that mediation might not be right, can, can you share, is there a point at which collaboration wouldn't be right? Like where court would be needed because you're saying you do high conflict. So what is what is the edge where it's like, eh? You might actually need the heavy hand of the court. Okay,
1: if there is a very active addiction, mm. and sometimes we're not clear on how active it is in the beginning. Uh, maybe the couple hasn't been living together, or they're hopeful that their therapy is helping, or they're whatever. So, if there's a very active addiction. It, it could be very hard to find a solution you know work collaboratively and those cases usually will they'll you'll see it sooner than later within a two or three months we're not going 15 months and then it breaks down like you'll see that in the in the first you know four or five three four or five months like this we can't do this and we'll 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 help them transition to litigation attorneys because the person with the active addition, addiction just can't negotiate isn't negotiating in good faith or isn't showing up to meetings or right. So that's one thing. There's right. a very, I've also seen where there's a very serious uh, personality disorder and not just, Oh, my husband's a narcissist. No, that's right. not right. A, like, we can handle my husband's a narcissist cases. No problem. But if someone's very, you know, seriously, um, non-medicated, untreated personality disorder, the, uh, there's only been a few of those in my, in the, you know, 15 years I've been doing collaborative. I, maybe it's more now, um, but sometimes that'll do it. You no, know, though, again, it's if, if someone who can't, isn't willing or able right, to negotiate, you know, it, it, on their own. They need a judge telling them what to do. So those are the biggest times when collaborative can't work um, or if you're somebody who's a real, you know, complete like liar and, you know, says they're going to do one thing and then turns out not to. Again, we we have pretty good spidey sense here and we can see the writing on the wall and we, it usually doesn't get very far before we go, this is not going to work. But I'll tell you 90% or more of what my, the statistic is 90% of all collaborative cases that start collaboratively end collaboratively. That's a That's pretty good awesome. statistic. And in my uh, practice, I, that holds true. That statistic, and I've heard it worldwide
0: you know that's a statistic. yeah so i I love that you shared that last piece because if you're if you're in the um in the early stages and you're tuning in and wondering which way to go, I think that Andrew, you did a beautiful job of explaining how mediation is awesome, but you need transparency, you need um a balance of power um Even if you have transparency, but your spouse is uh, a professional negotiator for a living, for instance, it might be hard to like, you know, go to the table and mediate. But then a court is so heavy handed and so often um, creates more angst and conflict. You've really done such a beautiful job of describing how collaborative, uh, you know, really fits the bill for such a large percentage of people. And you're in New York. Is there? Do you know if there's any states that don't do collaborative at this point?
1: No, it's all over the world. It's all you can find collaborative lawyers in every state, um, and you have, and both parties have to have a collaboratively trained lawyer. Otherwise, it's not a collaborative divorce. So you can't just hire a lawyer that says, oh, I work collaboratively. I always collaborate. That's not the same thing. They have to be trained. So in some less populated areas, it might be hard to find those other attorneys. But there are people trained and collaborative all over. So, and
0: is there some is there a national or international organization that people could um, go look at a directory for their local area if they're not in New York? Y- yes, there. I don't know what all the
1: statewide or local practice group um, uh, websites are, but there's the international Academy of Collaborative Professional.
0: Okay, we're, we're going to have that in the show notes for you if you're interested. Um, just in case, uh, you know, you want to find someone local and can you share uh, where our listeners can find you?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, my website is vacalaw.com V-A-C-C-A-L-A-W.com um, That's probably the best place to reach me. Um, You can see our blogs and videos, our um, podcast episodes and um, lots of articles um, about the, you know, the kind of work that we do and how we help people. And that's I would just direct anyone to go there. Bacala.com.
0: Yeah. And if you are in the New York and especially New York City area. Andrea is one of the most emotionally intelligent, dedicated and successful attorneys that I know in the collaborative law, law space. So definitely reach out and have a conversation. She has a great team um, and they do really beautiful work. Thank Andrea, you. thank you so much. Thank you for okay. joining. Thank you for sharing with us. And um, we'll be back again real soon with another episode of Wise and Worthy. So you stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Worthy and Wise, a branded podcast. Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to help you get the best deal possible on your diamond jewelry. Visit worthy.com to learn more and get started. And if you have a question about an episode, compliments you would like to share, or would like to be a guest, please email us at podcast at worthy.com.